0: Know what it is this week, but the universe pissed in the earth's Cheerios (laughs) and everyone's feeling it. (laughs) I love that. I want that on a t shirt. It can be our next merch item.
1: Yes, because reality's canceled. Who pissed in the universe's Cheerios? (laughs) Hashtag not a monster.
0: (laughs) Done. Hashtag not a monster. That needs to be our very first. Mm-hmm. Merch, and then we need to have the hoopists and the universe. I Cheerios. love that we
1: record our business meetings. Yes. Soups Profesh. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Hang on. Yeah. You are listening to Talk Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> Talk Cricket, the podcast where two friends get drunk. Yeah. That's not at the opener. Hang on. <laughs> It works. Oh my God. You are listening to Talk Cricket, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends get drunk, laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject. All right. Continue your
0: story. <laughs> I, I'm like really excited for my girlfriend to come down because I'm just, one, I'm just, I'm really excited to meet her like in person. And two, I'm just, I don't know, like I feel a whole lot better about myself now that yeah. I've lost weight and like I've had this surgery. and
1: Yeah, girl, you're like, killing it.
0: Yeah. Get shit done. Yes, that is the theme of this year. Yes, Thanks me to- too. Yeah,
1: I canceled. I'm gonna cut this, in case they ever want to sponsor us. Mm-hmm. I canceled my account. <gasps> Look at you. I'm so proud of you. I'm really proud of myself. It was huge. I yeah. called the. I called the number. Mm-hmm. I talked to the rep. Yeah. You know what? I'll just bleep it. I'll find a way to bleep it. Uh. I talked to the dude. And, of course, it had to be, like, uh, the thing where you have to listen to them be like, well, what about everything you're going to miss out on? And I was like, I'm clearly not using it. You can see it. I am I just need not.
2: Like, yeah. I
1: understand. hmm But I'm not going to use it. Like, I'm going to hang up this phone. You're going to tell me about all this. And if I don't cancel it, I'm going to hang it up and forget about it. Yeah. And continue to pay for something and I'm not using it. He was like, oh, I appreciate your honesty. He was, like, a really cool dude. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to lie and he was hispanic it was awesome Aw, super sexy accent um and so like we got through it and everything he was like you know that i I was like i know you're just doing your job but like i i really just need to cancel it or whatever you know Mm -hmm. so yeah you had to go through the whole nine yards and he finally was like okay fine and yeah it's done it was like a weight lifted off my chest oh yeah because every time the first of the month comes around i'm like shit i need to cancel that and then i forget yeah i get that it's done i'm so proud of you That was major. That was.
0: I know that was like a big deal, like, just last week.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. And there's something about, so I also was trying to get tickets to see Hamilton, because mm -hmm. they're coming, it's coming to Louisville. It's on, it's on
2: I have a friend
0: who actually has a ticket that she's trying to sell. Just one? Yeah. She accidentally bought two. I'm like, how did you accidentally spend $400? Like,
1: (laughs) Cause the ticket's
0: $205. I'm not going
1: to see it by myself. Yeah. Is the thing. I We're going to wait you. for it to come to Nashville. It'll be in Nashville yeah. this winter. Ooh. So um, I was in line. I, I, there's something about it. There's something about theater that just gives me confidence and gives me mojo. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I can take care of shit when it comes to that. Yeah. So I was waiting in line forever. I'd forgotten. I should have set an alarm on my phone. They went on sale at 10 a.m. on Thursday. And just not thinking, like, my dad had sent me a text on Wednesday and everything. He was like, hey, it goes on sale, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Completely forgot because, you know, I would have been at work. Yeah. But I still could have done it. I mean, that's how I got our tickets to MFM and everything is I just set an alarm on my phone. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't. I guess I figured it would be like any other theater performance i've been to where they're just kind of on sale for a while and you just pick your date and you go but this is the hottest show on broadway right now
0: i really want to see it because the music is beautiful it's incredible
1: i knew you would love it because it's all rap yeah it's like (laughs) les mis but it's rap i don't think there's any talking
0: yeah Ooh.
1: because i downloaded the soundtrack and Mm -hmm. it's quote two discs long like the les mis soundtrack
0: Holy shit! I love and Lay I started Mist. listening
1: to it, and I was like, "This is the entire show. Yeah. I don't want to know." So I stopped. <laughs> I've only heard like two of the songs, but I did love them. A it's whole incredible. Lot. Yeah. Did you know? You know that song from the Moana soundtrack that you love, where it's the rap version of "You're Welcome"?
0: Lin Manuel Miranda he is wrote the it. star. Yeah, he
1: wrote it. Yep, he wrote the musical and he starred in it. Yeah, I know. He's a badass.
0: I cannot wait to see it. So when the tickets to Nashville go on sale please let me know because i will come see it with you might
1: already be but i don't know i need to research it some more so but they they probably have more okay to be honest with you but anyway so i was in line i was in like a i i I didn't get to log on until like three o'clock and watched all the dates disappear because they put you in like a virtual chat room thing or whatever yeah and then all that was left was like four hundred dollar box seats and i was like "Mm, nope but something about that just gave me confidence. Like, I don't know. Like, whenever we went to see the Lion King in Louisville and my grandparents forgot their tickets and I was just like, I got this. Yeah. And so I took the phone and I, I called the box office at Kentucky Center and I was like, hey, listen, my went in the other room. Yeah. And I was like, my grandparents are very elderly. They forget things and they left their tickets in Indiana. Yeah. Is there anything we can do? And they're like, can they send us a, t- is anyone up there that could find them and send us a picture? Like, and all this stuff. And I was you like, You just oh, reminded yeah. me,
0: I have to do something right now
1: what is continue it continue with
0: your story
1: what is it uh, i think that we need to print all our tickets tonight for the show tomorrow oh okay that's not a big deal um our ones for next week are mobile so okay. i have to like download them to my phone okay or something like that but
0: this like it sent me receipts it, it's weird I just, I want to have, like, paper copies.
1: Oh, yeah. No, you're good. Um. So, anyways, yeah. So, I mean, like, I called the box office, and we, like, came up with this whole thing. So, like, my aunt went over to their house and found the tickets and texted me pictures. Yeah. And they went to the box office, and, like, I got them in. Wow. Look at you. I don't know what it is about the theater, but I'm, like, on it when it comes to that, because I know how it works, I guess, and I'm not worried about sounding stupid. But with everything else, I'm just, like, mm-hmm yeah i get that <laughs> i want sweet <laughs> sweet and sour chicken with uh <laughs> you know yeah neep, neep. <laughs> just the road runner running away from the coyote yeah um, so anyway none of this is what we were going to talk about this tonight <laughs>
0: um hold on let me see if i can forward these to you real quick yeah you're good um to what
1: my email yeah yeah go ahead And I loved how we introduced it last week. We introduced it together, and that came out really cool. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't remember what we did last week, if I'm being real honest. necrophilia, like, together, and it (laughs) was awesome. But we don't need to do that with the opiate crisis, because it's a little bit more of a bummer. Yeah. (laughs) More of a bummer than fucking dead people. Um
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, what's the bummer in that if it's a sexy vampire? (laughs) True.
1: Okay, so... (laughs)
0: We're on episode twelve! I cannot fucking believe that.
1: I'm so happy. I know. Oh! I do have a small correction real quick. Okay. Last episode, I said that the title of the movie with Kira Knightley and um Vigo Mortensen and Michael Fassbender that's about her like kink becoming or her abuse becoming her kink. Yeah. I called it a dangerous mind. That is not the name of the movie. It's called a dangerous method. <laughs> Oh, I just want to go ahead and correct that. I was just editing the other day, and I was like, "Oh, that's not right." I was drunk. That's, yeah. not, that's not. We the were title.
0: both pretty fucked up. Yeah,
1: if you couldn't tell. Um. So, uh, that is. It, it's called a dangerous, mi- a dangerous method. I almost said a dangerous mind again. It's called a dangerous method.
0: Well, you're thinking a beautiful mind. So
1: just to yeah, just yeah. to correct that. Alrighty. I think Dangerous Minds is a movie with Michelle Pfeiffer in it, or something like that. So probably yeah. Who's also amazing but yes. not this movie so <laughs> anyway so today i'm so excited well not really because it's kind of a bummer episode but we're gonna do our best to make it funny um, yeah. and informative at the same yeah. time which is a balancing act uh this week we're talking about the, the opiate, opiate crisis. crisis all right so and i do just kind of want to start this
0: um I really didn't know much about this when you first introduced this topic. Like, I knew that it was happening. I didn't realize the scale. Yeah. And I especially didn't realize it until I talked to my dad. Really? Yeah. My dad lives in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And that is where it, like, heroin, opiates, anything huge, like yeah. that. That is, like, the biggest hot spot
1: right now. Really?
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, 312 deaths the day i read on something fuck yeah. and he was like
1: he in ohio specifically yeah damn he, yeah he it must be because that state's back ass words yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was rude <laughs> i always get lost in ohio <laughs>
0: I don't want to talk much about Ohio, no. but uh, I do just want to say like every time. No, I wanna- shout
1: out to Cleveland. Y'all are
0: representing. Yes. Thank you, Cleveland. You guys are going to be our first live show. If we decided. ever do a live
1: show. Yes. Yeah. Y'all, we are coming straight to you. So y'all high fives. Yes. That was all in jest. <laughs> I do truly love Ohio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have family there,
0: so I can't like right. totally bash Ohio. Kay's
1: girlfriend who happens to be my best friend. Lives right across the pond from Ohio. Yeah. We we go there and, like, a lot for things. Yeah. We've so.
0: talked <laughs> about, like, moving to Ohio. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um But yeah. my dad, every time I'm on the phone with him, like, he's just, he's so sad. He's, like, ev- like, every time I talk to him, he's telling me about someone else that's died. Of an overdose? Yeah. Oh, shit. He, he works as a maintenance man in an apartment building. Mm-hmm. And, like... They're having to open up apartments to people
1: that have overdosed, and oh, dang. like, yeah. And he—it's um, real easy to do because they're so highly addictive.
0: Yeah. And um, he was telling me, uh, well, no one knows exactly who my dad is and who his girlfriend is. No, so nobody fine. knows. It's fine. But um, his girlfriend, her oldest daughter, is
1: an addict. Oh shit!
0: So every time they hear about a death, she's mm-hmm. just sick to her stomach. Because she's like, is that going to be my kid?
1: Yeah, my mother in law was. So, yeah, we're going
0: to talk a little bit about that today. We're going to talk about some personal stories that we found really interesting. And, like, I think that we all, in some shape or form, have been affected by this somehow because it's been such a huge thing. Well, yeah, and it's not necessarily
1: just like street drugs Mm -hmm. is the thing. This goes all the way to the top, y'all. Oh, yes. All the way to the top. So, Mm -hmm. just to head things off, um, this isn't necessarily a political or voting issue, uh, which makes it kind of hard, I don't think. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, not that I know of. Definitely correct us if we're wrong. I truly don't know. So um, in in my, in my, what I've found, this is more of a healthcare issue. So this episode, um, our call to action isn't necessarily, mine isn't anyway, I don't know if you found any charities, but mine... Because we're trying to get back to that, we kind of yeah. got away from it <laughs>
2: for a we, while.
0: We realized when we when I was building my new or our new website that we had kind of gotten away from charities because I do want to have a tab on there for charities that you guys can just go straight to, pick your favorite, and donate. You know. Um,
1: and I think when we do launch it, I'd like for us to go kind of backtrack to some of those episodes where we forgot mm-hmm. and at least load them up on the website so that yeah. there are places for you guys to go to if you do want to get involved or, um, not even necessarily charities, but maybe like Support just places, places to like, plug in, yeah. stuff like that. So, um, um, so instead of a charity in lieu of a charity on my end for this one, cause I, I'm sure that there are some, but. We just don't, I don't know
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, uh, of any. And it's it's hard to find so, any that are really legit for when it comes to this kind of topic. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> again, if you know any, please tell us, DM us. <laughs> yeah. Please DM us or comment something. Mm-hmm. Talk to us, please. We're so lonely. <laughs> yeah, we're so
0: happy to talk <laughs> to you guys. Like, and, and they're, you know, there aren't a whole lot of you right now, so we're not, like, being overwhelmed by anything. No. So you're most likely going to get a response. Like- Absolutely. I need to start <laughs>
1: checking our Facebook notifications more, because there's a whole awesome story that I missed <laughs> 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 completely until today when I just had some random time at work.
0: She, we have two fan stories now.
1: I know. I'm so excited to do a listener episode. Yeah. Can't wait, y'all. <laughs> Seriously, send in, your epi- send in your stories, because we are so excited to do a listener episode. Um, so, yeah. anyway... We're going to be doing that probably, I would say, end of the month Mm -hmm. of May. We're going to do it. We're going to do our first listener episode and then they're going to be planned. Yeah. So um, back on track. So (laughs) not to bring you under our business meeting. Um,
0: (laughs) This whole weekend for us is going to be business and pleasure. So yes, (laughs) we're going to
1: merge the two. All right. So this episode um, is more of a call of action for everyone to just make sure they pay attention to their health care on my Mm. end, at least um and ask ask about their options seek second or third opinions that kind of thing yeah um because like i said this goes not go all the way to the top we're talking about big pharmacy here big pharma who is
0: run by pieces of shit
1: yes big pharma big big pharma money which
0: lines the pockets of people that own prisons which yes. owns
1: <laughs> it truly goes yeah. all the way to the top <laughs> all the way to the top so, I kind of felt like I needed my tinfoil hat while I was <laughs> while I was researching this one. Uh, so, um, I knew about the pharmaceutical problems in this country. I mean, a lot of us do, especially, yeah. I mean, I-, I knew that we are the most he- heavily medicated country in the entire world. Yeah, from our second episode, which was anxiety. Yes. Uh, by, like, fucking a lot. I think, like, 78%. Yeah. Like, we consume... That much of the pharmaceuticals that are made in the world, we consume, like, I think 78% is what it is. Yeah.
0: It comes, By the sorry. way, I feel so much better after that CBD. Shit like, is the best, right? Yeah.
1: Worth every penny. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, two shots of tequila and a margarita help. Anyway, um, <laughs> tequila is our friend. Mm-hmm. It brings out the honesty. Um. So, but... It wasn't until I heard an episode of The Dollop. If y'all haven't heard of that epi- that podcast, it's an American History podcast uh, that I listen to pretty regularly, and it's hilarious and dark, and I love it. Um, <laughs> listen, It's by two hilarious men. I need um, to listen to it. Like, it's in my list of things to listen really to. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Everything got my brother hooked on it. But they have a whole episode on the opiate crisis, and I listened to it... Um. I mean, I don't want to say super recently after my mother-in-law passed, but um, recent enough to where I I made the connections pretty quickly. Yeah, Um, And that's when I realized just how far up this goes and how widespread it is. Yeah. Um, Because I did kind of realize that it was weird that no one suggested any other care but pain management for a back injury. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then I also, I mean, knowing her nothing against her she was a very sweet woman but kind of knowing her it kind of makes sense that she didn't seek further opinions Mm -hmm. just because of because of who she was yeah um but it just it just really it it just really hit home for me um would it be
0: easier for you to like tell her story real quick before you get into the facts
1: or okay nah uh, so anyway, like I said, I believe that, uh, I believe that my mother-in-law fell victim to this. Uh, she didn't die specifically of an overdose, but she definitely had complications from the way her health was handled and that let from the way her health was handled that led to her death. Yeah. And the opiates definitely absolutely contributed. So, um, also <laughs> as someone who is a hippie at heart, and mm-hmm. I try to treat things as naturally as possible. Yeah. Um, obviously, I always like to start with the pharmaceutical just so that you know kind of how you should feel. Mm-hmm. And then once you get to a point where you can manage things maybe with diet or, you know, maybe with essential oils or vitamins or anything that comes from the ground <laughs> instead of from <laughs> a, from a, factory from a factory of yeah. chemicals I, that that just kind of makes me feel better just in my own anxiety <laughs> my own anxiety bubble <laughs> um just as someone who likes to treat things as naturally as possible this is just an issue that's really close to my heart and it just makes me scared for the human population
0: yeah i you mean there's saying? no telling what's in any of the shit that we're taking
1: right and honestly like i'm not shitting on drugs because i've been on i was heavily medicated for a long period of my life and I needed to be. Yeah, you know and I'm
0: I'm, I'm heavily medicated too. Right. Like nothing against
1: it. It's just
0: it, and I that's, would like that's, to know what's in it. that's <laughs> for different
1: things too. Yeah. Like you're not taking acid reflux medication while you chow down on chewy chili dogs because you refuse to not eat chili dogs. Yeah. That that that's the kind of shit that I'm talking about where oh. it's like, "Oh, I stubbed my toe. Let me take a pill for that." Or, "Oh, I i don't know you know what i'm saying like that was a really bad example because like you should take a pain medication if you're in pain (laughs) but like
0: (laughs) well i mean i try to wait until the pain is really bad before i take anything like even with my surgery Mm -hmm. i had leftover pain pills well that's what i'm saying is that
1: some people don't and they follow the whole prescription like it's an antibiotic and it's not no my mom was really strict about that as well Mm -hmm. that's why i'm really aware of it and that's Mm -hmm. why i kind of I'm sorry if that was over the line, but like I cautioned you when you were like, I had to take a pain pill, and I was like, how many of those are you taking? Because they're so addictive.
0: Yeah, no, I, and I totally get that. Like I Mm -hmm. didn't want to take the whole thing, but I was in so much pain that I had to. Well, right. Because like I couldn't pee without it feeling like last. That makes me feel better. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to lie.
1: I was really worried for you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I had to take them recently because fuck me, this was the worst part possible fucking timing because i had my wisdom teeth taken out yeah and then like a few months later my vagina <laughs> needed to have surgery
1: the <laughs> i forgot that you just recently did your wisdom teeth out too yeah but like I-
0: i've been cautious about the pain meds that they were taking me like I even told them, I was like, look, I'm not taking it until it's at least, and my pain's at least a seven or an eight. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, I mean, you can take it earlier. I'm like, okay, but I don't want to. No. Like, I don't even take ibuprofen for my headaches every time I get one now. Like, really? I try to let it, like, I try to have caffeine. And eat something, be- and even like drink a CBD water because I have
1: access to that. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're um, trying to like rule out other things that it could be before you yeah. like jump to the pills. I gotcha. Yeah. I do love ibuprofen very much. That I is do my, <laughs> that is my weakness. That's the nectar of life for me. My mom. Um, I know so you shouldn't sweet. you shouldn't take it with wine, but yeah. I do. <laughs>
0: Often, my, yeah. My mom was so sweet today. Before I left, she uh, ran out to my car and she was like, "I bought you a bottle of ibuprofen. I figured you might need it this
1: weekend." Yeah, yeah, you might. I have a whole bottle, full size bottle in my purse. <laughs> All the guys at work know that I keep it there. They're like, "You have ibuprofen?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, always, <laughs> always." <laughs> um, but um, just this is just one of those things where it's like you. I don't know. My mom always kind of limit. This is one of the things my mom was really good about was like she kind of limited me to like three days of it and then that mm-hmm. was it. Yeah. No matter how much I heard it was like, all right, you're doing Tylenol or ibuprofen and Tylenol doesn't do shit for me. Yeah. So it was like, you know, I got my wisdom teeth out and they knocked me out is mm-hmm. the thing about like the, the Oxy and Laura tabs or whatever the yeah. fuck they are. Like whatever they end up prescribing you, like they just, they put me out. So like I spent three days sleeping on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I was just like... <sighs> Like, <laughs> put, there was no point. Um, so, and she's allergic to them, which is really oh. fun. Uh, my mom's allergic to them, and we'll get into this in a little bit of my section. But, um, she had surgery, I don't remember when, but recently for something. I don't remember what it was for, and it's no one's business. But anyway, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't remember what it was for. It's nothing super serious. It was like an out, a outpatient thing. Yeah. And, uh, she told them, she was like, I'm allergic to the codeine that's in things. I'm allergic to codeine. Don't give it to me. And she woke up and felt like her skin was on fire because they gave it to her anyway. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Yuck. If she takes it, like if she's to the point where she has to have like coding cough syrup or mm-hmm. uh, some co- some sort of pain reliever like mm-hmm. that, she has to take like three Benadryl or something with it and then she's, she's comatose. You know what I'm saying? It's really awful. (laughs) You won't have allergies if you're asleep. If you're asleep, (laughs) right? That's the thing.
2: That's it. Exactly. So like, yeah, it's,
1: it's really bad, but yeah, I mean, so anyway, just to get back on track. So, um, also apparently there's an HBO documentary. Documentary. Yep. (laughs) Tequila's delicious. Um, There's an HBO documentary called Warning This Drug May Kill You. Ooh. Which is about this and is also the best title for a pharmaceutical documentary I've ever heard in my life. Yes. It kind of reminds me of this podcast, Will Kill You. Ooh, I need to listen to them too. It's so good. This drug may kill you. I just think that's so funny. Like the Yeah drug and drug commercials are the worst and also my favorite (laughs)
2: yes
0: (laughs) which is
1: another thing you're about to learn about me so aside from weird medical facts do you know what one of my favorite things to laugh about is
0: what is your favorite
1: side effects from drug commercials (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is the improv i have written in yay oh my god
0: this drug may
1: (laughs) yes this drug warning
0: (laughs) this drug may make you shit yourself and die
1: (laughs) constipation dizziness increased sweating lightheadedness (laughs) loss of appetite nausea vomiting and weakness but you can eat a hot dog (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's so
0: worth it to eat that hot dog that is made from so many things that you don't know That you don't
1: know like just you know like loss of vision weird here buzzing in your ears like what but the at fuck? least you get the chili cheese coney well like what's the weird <laughs> like what's the weirdest shit you've heard when you
0: the weirdest uh, shit i've heard was when you like,
1: heard a drug commercial because they're all over hulu dude oh yeah it, hulu is in the pocket of big pharma <laughs> they'll they never are. sponsor us now but it's fine
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. God, I don't really pay attention to the commercials anymore. That's when I go do shit. Like, I find
1: it really funny because my brother, like, we okay. So Josh and I let my brother share our Netflix account. Yeah, and we pay for Netflix, and then James let he lets us use our his Hulu account, mm-hmm. and then he pays for Hulu. Mm-hmm. So I find it really funny because it gives you like the option of what, um like what commercial you want oh yes i find it really funny to pick like the girliest shit <laughs> so it's like the the arm implant uh birth control and like the aids preventative drug mm-hmm. and like ribbon dancing and like <laughs> you know what i'm saying have shit a like story that about the
0: marina so he'll be continue. like
1: he'll be like watching a sh- he'll be like watching brooklyn 99 and be like apparently this <laughs> apparently hulu thinks that i'm like a sexually active lesbian <laughs> And I'm just like, mm, wonder why that is? Just sorry about that, or a sexually active bisexual man, and I'm just like, I mean, go for it. I'll accept you. I mean, it's fine, but seriously, so there's like a lot of YouTube spoofs on this, apparently, uh-huh. and one of my favorites that I found was um <laughs> Oh, my God. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) Side effects may include nausea, dry mouth, itching, having trouble breathing, diarrhea, gambling, (laughs) (laughs) nightmares, drowsiness. Oh, yes. (laughs) Hallucinations. An urge to hug people. (laughs) the growth of an extra limb <laughs> and thinking you're batman <laughs> that's what i always think they, they, they'll tell you this beautiful drug and it's like someone like running through a meadow and petting a puppy yeah. and like grilling with their friends and laughing in a very instagram way and then it's like this capsule may cause you to bleed from the ears. Uh, <laughs> your brain may turn into goo. You might develop liver cancer. Serious side effects may occur as far as, like, your teeth falling out. Yeah. Uh, your tongue might become tied. You may start saying shit just compulsively as, like, a tick. Um, <laughs> you, you may my... not
0: be able to have children. Right. May...
1: <laughs> Infertility may occur. <laughs> you may not be able to feel when your husband touches you. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a real side effect i've experienced uh, yay antidepressants um sorry i brought that way down but it's you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. the inability to stop shitting
2: um <laughs> i
1: hit my mic yes the there inability was, to stop shitting there, stop pooping <laughs> <laughs> i'm a <problem. laughs> My body is like a computer. The slightest, the slightest speck of Dutch and it dust and it could die. <laughs> Stop pooping. <laughs> oh, I love that show so much. Oh, my God. So there was one that I looked up because I was just Googling. At this point, I was just down the rabbit hole of funny side effects. And I just started Googling funny side effects. And one of them was for Yaz. What's Yaz? Yaz is a type of birth control that came out when I was in college. And Uh it was supposed to give you three periods a year. Oh, Which I shied away from because that doesn't sound fucking natural. (laughs) If that's what you're into, go for it. Yeah. Not shaming anybody, but that just made me nervous. And that's mainly because... I mean there's like a long story behind it but to be to be transparent hormones in western medicine kind of affect people in my family more adversely mm-hmm. than other people than other people seem to like some people are just like made of steel and they're just like drugs just shovel them <laughs> down and they're like fine and that's yeah. fine, that's great you'll survive the apocalypse and you'll be glowing but
0: <laughs> <laughs> you'll be glowing yes you'll, you'll be. be you'll be the female <laughs> Be- in the apocalypse movies that has perfect hair and shaved armpits right so, like-
1: exactly <laughs> that takes me out of it so hard. <laughs> um so but oh that makes me think of the 100 anyway mm-hmm. love that show anyway um so but <sighs> i lost my train of thought what was i talking about yes 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 yeah so there was one and it was like you'll never have a period except for three times a year but then like a lot of the side effect symptoms were like exactly pms and it was all the time
0: oh my god <laughs> you
1: know what i'm saying yeah so it was like, yikes bloating constipation insomnia uh cramps you know (laughs) everything spotting and it was like so you'll have three periods a year but you will also still have your period
0: (laughs) (laughs) but you will also still always be a hormonal bitch
1: exactly (laughs) exactly oh my god for real so it's always like you know this is this is this is a sleeping pill that might cause you to jump out of a window or you know (laughs) don't operate heavy machinery and you know just crazy shit like that so okay so to get into the real stuff now that we've had a nice laugh let me bring everyone way down okay (laughs) so uh i got this from the national institute on drug abuse Mm -hmm. uh this is an an um an article called the opiate overdose crisis and this was revised in january of this year 2019 oh wow so this is up to date numbers Mm -hmm. except that it is april (laughs) except it is april (laughs) yes so it's as up to date as i can find (laughs) in a quick google search on my lunch break so um
0: (laughs) we worked so hard oh dude
1: (laughs) if y'all knew the week i'd had uh so every day this is i'm just reading so uh every day more than 130 people in the united states die from die after overdosing on opioids so that's an average and Yikes. it's and it's over 130 people a day that's a fuck ton of people yeah we have 50 states what's 130 times 50 oh i don't know math
0: i my phone is my nowhere near over there. me that's 6,500 people at least a day.
1: And that's so many people.
0: A hundred and did, did you say 130 or 150? 130. 130.
1: That is at least. That's like em- more than the flu. That's more than well, so many things. Well, if you think about it. More like than when, mur- is that more than murder? Yeah. I don't want to just like pull that out of my ass. I, I think so. But like, why if, would
0: I say that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you think about it, when you're in high school and mm-hmm. you have six or seven classes, you normally have about thirty people in those classes. Yeah.
1: Nowadays, yeah, that's about four
0: classes worth of people. Yeah, gone. that's insane.
1: That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Oh, it just made my throat close up. Anyway, uh, so four and a half. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's just nuts. Yeah. The misuse of and addiction to opioids, um, including prescription pain... This is including... This is what this is encompassing. So this is including prescription pain relievers, Mm -hmm. whether you've been prescribed them or not. Heroin and synthetic opioids such as fentanyl, which is terrifying, is a serious national crisis that affects public health as well as social and economic welfare. Oh, yeah. Uh, and just to clarify, if you listen to the episode of the dollop, you'll, you'll hear this, but, um, a prescription pain reliever is heroin. It's legalized heroin and it's just heroin that someone has decided is okay. Yeah. It's just as addictive and the effects are quite similar. Yeah. If you take heroin, you just pass out on the couch. That's what happens with these drugs as well. At least for me, I just pass out on the couch when I take
2: whatever the fuck.
1: When I
0: had my wisdom teeth, that's what it did to me. But I took the same drug when I had my vagina surgery, and I didn't. I, I think it worked against my my sleeping medication because I didn't oh. sleep
1: very well. Did you have like a cross pollination situation?
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess I just I oh my had God. to stop taking I them love before that I went phrase.
1: to bed. <laughs> I love that phrase. A cross pollination situation. Cross pollination situation, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so happy. Sorry. Anyway. Okay. So, um, I shouldn't apologize. Um, (laughs) excuse
0: me. You fussed at me for apologizing. I
1: know. Hey. (laughs) Hey. You fussed at me for apologizing. Okay. I'm not sorry. (laughs) No. Uh, God, I catch myself doing that all the time. And I hear people do it. And I'm super sensitive to it now. Um, okay. So, this is a national crisis. And I am using the word crisis in a very real way. It's a serious national crisis that affects public health as well as social and economic welfare. It's crazy, y'all. Yeah. So the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimates that the total, quote, economic burden, unquote, of prescription opioid misuse alone in the United States is 78.5 billion a year dollars yeah including the cost of health care lost productivity addiction treatment and criminal justice involvement somehow that's still
0: less than the national debt we're not talking about that right now but i mean i'm sorry i don't have the space to be
1: angry about that right now
0: (laughs) but i mean that that is a crazy number
1: (laughs) (laughs) isn't that so crazy yeah that's so much fucking money yeah as someone who is still paycheck to paycheck <laughs> and, yeah, still me too. <laughs> and still does not have her shit together as an adult. Yeah. You can find us on Patreon. <laughs> um, <laughs> so how did this happen is probably what you're asking right now. Yeah. I want to know. In the late 1990s, mm-hmm. as the, m- the best things are. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, the best thing? The, the best thing started in the late 1990s, uh... Not just because I can actually remember them. Um, <laughs> you know, we had like butterfly clips. What else started in the nineteen nineties? Me, late nineteen nineties, late. Yeah,
0: I was born in ninety seven. Fuck,
1: I'm so much older than you. So it's 89. my girlfriend. It's fine. We're the same age. <laughs> um, uh, um, I forget how young you are <laughs> all the time. <laughs> um so <laughs> yeet nope i don't know this bitch empty yeet stop it i don't know what you're talking about Cause <laughs> you're like just you're- mad because you don't know yeah you're speaking a different language
0: <laughs> i'll show you it later okay seven seconds of your I'm life i'm sure i You'll won't it.
1: understand it okay <laughs> so we had jellies We had butterfly clips, lots of spaghetti straps, lots of flipped out short hair that was flipped outwards, uh, frosty lip gloss. (laughs) I'm trying to think what else was a big thing. Silver eyeshadow was a big, was big. Silver eyeshadow with very thin, tight black eyeliner (laughs) is what I remember
0: most. (laughs) See, mine was like the early 2000s right? with like the excessive eyeliner the emos were a big thing like that was me (laughs) i always used to want to have my hair real big like the emo girls did
1: i I do too yeah but i still my mom would get deep in my soul
0: (laughs) (laughs) my mom would get so mad at me she's like you don't have the patience to do your
1: hair like that every day that's true that's what my mom would always say i would pull up these really awesome haircut photos and be Mm -hmm. like me and she'd be like you're not gonna do your you're not gonna do it yeah and I would be like, I'm going to prove you wrong. And then she would be right. <laughs> Which well, is still what I have to think through in the late 1990s. Mm-hmm. Pharmaceutical companies reassured the medical community that patients would not become addicted. Why would they become addicted?
0: Why would they do that? Yeah. Why would they line our pockets with money?
1: Why would they be- They're they not going to be addicted to prescription opioid pain relievers. Nah. Nah oxycontin's not addictive loratabs aren't addictive i don't know any other ones because i'm not an addict um
0: creed in the episode
1: <laughs> yes Where right, right? The- <laughs> what is it oxycontin Laura tabs. what is it codeine yeah like, <laughs> just lists off like 10 yeah and like then here.
0: jim's like
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh my god it's always that just like weird wide eye glance around face. I love Poor John Meredith. Krasinski. I love John Krasinski. Anyway, so um, <laughs> no, it's fine. Tell. I mean, it's fine. Whatever, you know, <laughs> Megan. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Just keep doing it. <laughs> um. So so the pharmaceutical companies told the doctors. That you couldn't get addicted to these pain relievers, and so healthcare providers began prescribing them at greater rates, mm. and it's still happening, is the thing, because pharmaceutical sales is still a thing. Not that that's not something you can make amazing money at, and if that's your job, go for it. However,
0: the thing <clears throat> we need to watch John Oliver's uh, video on Big Pharma, yeah, because it is eye opening.
1: Is that the talk show guy?
0: He's, yes, he's the one I showed you yes. about the abstinence. Yes, yes, I mm-hmm. love him.
1: Okay, yes. <laughs> so this subsequently led to a led to. We should post that. Yes, if there's a video about this, we should post that on our on Facebook. Or me- this subsequently spread. Uh, bleh, 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 oh, I can't read because <laughs> tequila has tied up my tongue. So this subsequently led to widespread diversion. And misuse of these medications before it became clear that these medications could indeed be highly addictive. Now, my problem with this is that, um, no, let me continue before I talk about my problem with it. So, opioid overdo- overdose rates, of course, obviously, began to increase. Yes. In 2017, more than 47,000 Americans died as a result of an opioid, do- opioid dose, including... Deuce? Dose? Yep. Dose? Opioid overdose, including <laughs> including prescription opioids, heroin, and illicitly manufactured fentanyl. Manufactured, which is a manufactured fentanyl, which is a powerful synthetic opioid, which sounds like uh, that, which sounds like spice to me. Yeah. It all um, just sounds like drugs. Yeah, it just sounds really bad. Um, in the same year, an estimated 1.7 million people in the United States suffered from substance abuse. No, sorry. Suffered from substance use disorders related to prescription opioid pain relievers and 652,000 sufferers from a heroin use disorder. And these were not like mutually exclusive, but that's a lot of numbers and they're all really big. Yeah. Um, and what was I saying? The problem that I have with it is that doctors are still prescribing these long doses. And these numbers are here. Yeah. Is the problem. They're still prescribing 10 days worth of it. Or, yeah. or 14 days worth of it. Instead of two or three, maybe five.
2: Yeah. Knowing
1: the highly addictive nature of these. You know, that that's the thing that I have the issue with. The information is there, and the stats are there, and they're mm-hmm. still continuing to prescribe it, which tells you how far up this goes. Well, it's because sometimes they're getting money. Well, that's what I'm saying. For, they're being paid for it. Yeah. You purchase the drug, it goes into the drug company's thing, and the more you prescribe it, you get paid. Yeah. It's kind and of like being an advertiser.
0: And the thing that kind of sucks, is, or well, the thing that really sucks is that it's so cheap.
1: Oh, yeah. Because, like,
0: I was even, like, I hadn't hit my deductible. Which is crazy because heroin
1: is fucking expensive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, But I hadn't hit my deductible yet when I got, like, I was given my prescription before the surgery and I took it to the pharmacy. I was like, I want to go ahead and get this just so that I have it ready and, like, I can give it to my mom and be like, here, I'm going to let you be in charge mm-hmm. of it and you can let me have it when you think I need it. Right. And, um i was i was like oh i think it's gonna be kind of expensive to my friend that was with me and the pharmacist was like nah it's gonna be like seven bucks yeah i was gonna gonna say i was gonna guess two
1: dollars or something crazy like that yeah 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 so let's talk about some more numbers here yes ready numbers yes they're really upsetting so
0: (laughs) i'm the daughter of a business or a
1: (laughs) <laughs> of a what you're the daughter of a business i'm the daughter
0: of a billing manager i'm ready
1: y'all k is the daughter of a business <laughs> i am all right i'm gonna tap this five times because that's what my ocd demands and um
0: penny 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 exactly <laughs> yep. you didn't let me finish yeah
1: <laughs> I love it when she does, I know this is so off topic, but I love it when she does it and then he opens the door and he's just like, "Mm." (laughs) I bet that started as a joke, but you found it oddly satisfying. And she's like, yeah, I kind of want to do it more. And he's like, don't, (laughs) you'll be trapped in it forever. (laughs) I can't wait to watch the last season of that show. Anyway, so roughly 21 to 29% of patients prescribed opiates for chronic pain misuse them. Of course they knew. Between 8 and 12% develop an opioid use disorder, which is what we're calling it mm-hmm. instead of addiction. Yeah. Because addiction is a disease. An estimated 4 to 6% who misuse prescription opioids transition to heroin, which is serious shit. Yes. Um. About 80% of people who use heroin first misused prescription opioids. So we can kind of see that as more of a gateway drug than weed, so let's legalize weed. Anyway, um... Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's do it. Let's cause, just do it, yeah. y'all, because I bet it's
1: fun. I was watching a stand-up comedian the other day who was like, you know you're at like a bad place in the economy when you're like, y'all, we should start selling weed. <laughs> <laughs> Gisla, send it to me because he had some really fun white lady jokes too. <gasps> anyway,
0: I have a really funny Santa bit that I want to show you too. Okay,
1: we'll watch it later. Okay. So, what so, need have I for a home? What need? <laughs> yes. For oh, I, I have, have
2: avocado. avocado.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're all living in avocado crachtins.
2: <laughs> Gotta give me some of that
1: green. <laughs> give me some of that sweet guac. i'll suck your dick from from some guacamole (laughs) i'll suck your dick all right oh my god shit that was funny all right oh fuck me uh opioid overdoses increased 30 percent 30 percent jesus christ from july 2016 through september 2017 in 52 areas in 45 states oh yikes that's a fuck ton mm-hmm too much those are big pie wedges um <laughs> the western region saw opioid overdoses overdoses over-doses. Opioid overdoses. okay opioid overdoses this is hard it is <sighs> especially is when you're hu- drunk english is hard when you drink uh you know hispanic liquor <laughs> Uh, it just it just gets into your <laughs> bone. it <laughs> Yes. The <See>. um <laughs> Hoppa. Uh, no, that's Greek. My bad. Um <laughs> Anyway,
0: uh Opioid.
1: Opioid. Uh, <laughs> the Midwestern region saw opioid overdoses increase 70% from July 2016 through 2017.
0: Uh, what? Pa It's the
1: same thing. Anyway, Opioid overdoses in large cities increased by 54% in 16 states. Yikes. 54%. That's That's, so much. Yeah. Especially in like less than a year. That's so much. Um, So this issue has become a public health crisis. 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 Mm-hmm. With devastating consequences, including increases in opioid misuse and related overdoses, as well as the rising incidence of neonatal abstinence syndrome
2: mm-hmm. due,
1: to u- due to opioid use and misuse during pregnancy, which is really upsetting. Um, the increase in injection drug use has also contributed to the spread of infectious diseases, including HIV and hepatitis C, which we all know sharing needles is a big problem when it comes to AIDS yeah, <clears throat> we all know that, right? Yeah. More so than what everyone thought it was, which was gay sex. Way more so than that. Let's get into the solution. Yes. and combating. So combating the opioid overdose epidemic. Here we go. A hundred and fifty Americans die every day. hundred and fifteen Americans. This was another, so this was like a cross reference thing. It's yeah. really hard to get hard numbers on this. Mm-hmm. And that's because things aren't reported correctly summer. S- sometimes it's labeled as suicide. Sometimes it's labeled as opioid abuse. This is kind of like what we got into with the fetal abduction thing where sometimes it's kidnapping. Sometimes it's murder. Sometimes. It's yeah. You just don't know what it's going to be filed under. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so. This was a cross reference thing, like I said. Uh, 100. This one said 115. Obviously, this is a little bit of an older, ep- older article, but. I think I thought that the content of it was still pretty good. So, um, the CDC, of course, is committed to fighting the opioid overdose epidemic and supporting states and communities as they continue to work to identify outbreaks, collect data, and respond to overdoses, provide care to those in community, and to provide those to provide <laughs> provide care to those in their communities. Um, CDC's prevention for states and data-driven prevention initiative pro, yep. Programmatic aims center around the enhancement of PDMPs. PDMPs. Yeah, within clinical and public health settings, insurer and community interventions. Blah 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 blah. blah. Pretty much, pay attention. Yeah, that's pretty much all it is. They can only do so much. The rest of it is really up to us as people. Just be in control. Know that the pain medication that they're giving you is highly addictive.
2: Mm-hmm. They're going
1: to give you 14 days worth and you need to take five, maybe three. Anyway, okay, yeah. Basically, just make sure you get the second opinion. Get the third opinion. If people are sending you straight towards pain management as opposed to any other kind of like treatment for your condition... Mm -hmm. seek more opinions from other doctors yeah that's that's pretty much all we can do because it's not really something we can vote on it's a corporate thing yeah it's a corporate ladder so really you just have to pay attention do the research be educated Mm -hmm. know that it's addictive and take steps towards avoiding those consequences that's really what it comes down to um So, what the CDC is doing, like, what they focus on is building prevention efforts by equipping states with resources, improving data collection, supporting the use of evidence-based prevention theories, that kind of thing. Strategies, not theories. Yes. Mm -hmm. Margaritas. Um, (laughs) They also are improving data quality, tracking trends to better understand the response of the epidemic, collecting and analyzing data. They're the ones basically going out and doing the footwork is basically all it boils down to. They are going out, collecting the numbers that we've been talking about for my segment, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So and that's pretty much all they can do because this goes so high up, you guys. That's the problem. And even though you're only going to take three days of that medication, you're still going to pay for that full dose. And it still goes right in that pocket. It does. Even though you just need one dose of it, probably, to get you through the worst of it. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. I wonder if there's a way you can say, I've never tried it, but I wonder if there's like a minimum on how much you can prescribe or if you can just be like, no, I just want three doses. I don't know. I haven't really asked because I don't...
0: Me neither. Again, like I... I want to have faith in what my doctor's doing. Yeah. And I want to have faith in knowing, like, they're giving me as much as I need.
1: Well, and they want to give you some, because they don't know how bad it's going to hurt you specifically. So they want to make sure you have enough is the other issue. So it's just, it's a balancing act and it's knowing when to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Is the thing and trusting your body and being smart. Yeah. That's really what I, I feel like it boils down to.
0: I tapered off with mine. Yeah. Like I was doing three times a day and then I went to two times a day. And then I went to once a day and then oh. I went to if I needed
1: it. Jesus, you must have been in a lot of pain.
0: Yeah, pain. I was. Mm. I mean, I'm still in pain <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> That's yeah. what just happened. Um, But I mean, I don't know. It's just you really have to watch your body cues. I mean, it's the I mean, same just thing Pay attention
1: to your body, own your body. You know, it feels right. Yeah. I and mean, just know the, the consequences, know how highly addictive these things are and know that they have to give you a certain amount or they are trying to, they're going to give you more than you need mm-hmm. because they want to make sure that you're comfortable and you need to stop when you're comfortable. Yeah. Is the thing. Absolutely. As soon as you can. I mean, three to four days. I feel like is like max. Especially, I mean, that's just like hard, hard ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Just, just be careful and know how dangerous they are. I mean, I didn't even take it for a week. I don't think. Um,
0: mm-hmm. I mean i I tapered off so that I only took it when I needed to, and finally, I just threw it out. Yeah. So I wouldn't have that option Flush anymore. It. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Especially
1: if you're a person who knows you have a highly addictive personality like the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. Don't keep it in the house.
0: I was proud of myself, like when I was thinking a couple of days ago when I had a twinge like I just did, I was like, Man, I really wish I had Mm. some of that codeine still. And I was like, No, I don't. I don't need that. Just
1: take four ibuprofen. Yeah.
0: I just need to (laughs) go to bed. That's (laughs)
1: what I do. That's the equivalent. Yeah. That's the equivalent of like a serious pain pill well but without the opioids yeah eight
0: actually yeah i'm i got really good with dosages on ibuprofen because i got to a point where i would have to take a prescription strength ibuprofen Mm -hmm. to help with my migraines and i knew that i was too dependent yeah that's why i've kind of tried to taper off on that um and i've started using the gel ibuprofen pills because they worked so much faster yeah and so much better yeah yeah um and, like, when I was in high school, um, I went, I went to Washington, D.C. twice. And the second time, I did a whole lot more walking than I did the first time. And I ended up, like, in, with an inflamed Achilles tendon. Shit. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, I walked the entire city well, two yeah. or three times. Um,
1: That's what we did when we were in England. Yeah. You just, you walked everywhere. Mm-hmm. By the end of the day, you were just like... <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah no, i'm so
1: tired <laughs> <laughs> well i had or if never... you were me and kelly we were like i'm so tired but let's just keep talking till two in the morning
2: <laughs> <laughs> um
0: but i had never injured my foot the way that i had and they put me on prescription strength ibuprofen and um uh, now whenever i get prescribed that i take as little as i possibly can that shit's amazing. and and then i hold on to it for when i have migraines and i'm like mm-hmm. cool
1: well that's my (laughs) that's my relief there's an Um, anxiety medication that i was prescribed in the emergency situation that i was in that mm -hmm. is highly addictive and is the most wonderful drug i've ever been on yeah knowing how addictive it was (laughs) is the only thing that kept me from doing it because i overthink Mm -hmm. and so i have always been the person that has overthought the consequences
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that's why i didn't have sex in high school because i knew i would be the stat. I would be the one that got pregnant the first time I had sex. Same, so, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I was just like, nope, not ready yeah. to be tied to any of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course, like two weeks out of college, two weeks into college, I was like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care.
0: Um, I didn't realize that when I was in high school, um, my mom had a boyfriend that was addicted to pain meds. Wow. Moms. Yeah, he lived with us for two years. I had no idea.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah.
0: She I, probably kept that from you,
1: do you think? Well. Or do you think he was that good?
0: I I think I was just really naive. Oh, that's fair. To be really honest with you, because I didn't know what to look for. I had never been around that before. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I wasn't, like, I wasn't used to having a second parent in the home. And I didn't know what was normal and what wasn't normal. That's fair. And I didn't know that it was normal or it wasn't normal for him to be home every day. I didn't know it was normal for him to not have a job. Um, oh, wow. I just um, my mom supported really the four of us that lived in the house for the two mm-hmm. years that he was there because um, he was my mom's high school sweet- sweetheart they dated like for a long time when they were in high school and like then he moved to indiana and had a wife and Mm -hmm. had like
1: so then i started dating my first boyfriend kyle who was totally gorgeous but then he moved to indiana (laughs) and jealous janice was weirdly jealous of him (laughs) (laughs) why didn't you call me back (laughs) i'm sorry i can't not sorry at all not sorry (laughs) don't be sorry regina george is the ruler (laughs) (laughs) of all (laughs) not Um, a regular mom i'm a cool mom um (laughs) Um, but
0: i mean they had like they were they had such a cute story and the thing with people that have a substance abuse addiction that Mm -hmm. you have to remember is that they are people oh for sure they are people that have Lives
1: that have children
0: that have families people that love them, friends,
1: like, they're people, yeah, just
0: like you and me. Yeah, you can't reduce them to just, oh, that person's a
1: drug addict. It's no different than a cigarette addiction, yeah, no, <laughs> or a caffeine addiction, yeah, and, and like, except that it's a serious financial strain and it's a serious job problem and just a mm-hmm. serious functionality problem. Well, you know what I'm saying.
0: the Hmm. thing that must have been like really hard for my mom is that he didn't have a job the entire time that he lived with us. Yeah. He, um, he left his job in Indiana and he came to Bowling Green to, um, or
1: he came to Kentucky
0: (laughs) to, um, they know
1: where we are. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we have a giant listenership in
2: Bowling Green.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, he came here to take care of his parents, and then, like, he and my mom reconnected. But um, he moved in with her. He cashed out his 401k. Like, yeah, it was oh, bad. no. He bought the giant TV that we have in our living room now. He bought that with his 401k. Um, he lived off you of... You shouldn't
1: do that yeah no no,
0: this is a warning against that i
1: mean we did it once but it's because he could make up his whole 401k like my husband and i Mm. we like he cashed out his 401k from walmart because Mm -hmm. he could make that whole thing up in like three months at his next job and so we paid off my car and like a whole bunch of shit to get ourselves out of debt and then got ourselves in more debt but it's fine (laughs) (laughs) it's Uh, fine we're in a really good place (laughs) (laughs) you have such a cute house I don't own it. Don't no, even no. act like we're...
0: Well, I know, but, like, <laughs> I don't know.
1: And that's fine. We suck at adulting. In the real uh, ways. Everybody does. In the real ways that matter <laughs> to the <laughs> government. <laughs> we suck at adulting.
0: Everybody does unless you have trillions of dollars. It's fine. That's fair. That's fair. You, that's what I had to keep telling myself. Yeah, you can't um, judge yourself too harshly. Um, in, this, in this day and age, yeah. Yeah. But, like... He he never bothered with getting a job. Like he always acted like he was looking for jobs, but he wasn't. Um, and like I mean, I loved him. Like my mom loved him. Like he was, he was a part of our family. He was a big part of the last couple of years of my high school career. He was, he was there when my father came back into my life. Like he was, he was a big deal, and like he was a. He was a person that we loved, and I didn't realize that he had an addiction.
1: Yeah. Refocus. It's your mm-hmm. segment. Okay. It's your turn. <laughs> I'm done. I'm or- going to cut all of that out until just this moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. It's just us catching up on life.
0: Yeah, because we haven't really gotten to talk all week. Mm-mm. Um. Okay, God, so. It's so good. It is. That
1: margarita is just so good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Just tastes like Sprite, but with a little sex- something extra. Yeah, right. Just like a kick of tequila in there, <laughs> and you're just like, yes, yes, please, yes.
0: <laughs> I might need ramen. Merch idea. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, please. Continue. We
1: can't make ramen. I can't <laughs> eat like that
2: again.
0: <laughs> um. Okay. So. My segment was really hard to do, just going to be really honest, because I didn't, I mean, people have a really hard time sharing their personal stories. Yeah. And like, I couldn't find a good murder. I couldn't find like a good crime or anything like that. So um, The
1: stigma is so high surrounding addiction still. mm -hmm. We're only just now starting to kind of overcome it.
0: Yeah, and that is something I'm going to be talking about because I do, I have three myths for you and like ways Ooh. to overcome them. Okay. And then I have a personal story from a doctor that had a substance abuse wow. issue. Yeah. Okay. So I'm super excited, um, but I do want to go over the myths first. Um, I found these from um, Yale Medicine. So okay. um, I didn't know that was a thing, which huh. is, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. Um, So, myth number one is that opi- opioid addiction is just a psychological <laughs> disorder and people who are dependent. God damn it. Uh, it's simply- a hard
1: word to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, then my whole Google Drive fucked up. Um, okay, I'm going to start over.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm going to leave it all in. <laughs> I know
0: you are. Because
1: it's cute. <laughs> oh, thanks.
0: Uh, so myth number one um, opioid addiction is just a psychological disorder and people who are dependent simply need better willpower oh fuck off that is self explanatory on why that is so wrong
1: yeah absolutely um,
0: I mean that's absolutely not fair to anyone that has ever had any type of addiction
1: no like and I I've been there. Like, I've wanted to blame. I've wanted to blame her. Mm-hmm. I've wanted to blame my mother-in-law. But it's a team fail. Mm-hmm. It takes two. It's just like, I mean, it's I hate to make this comparison, but it's like cheating. It takes two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It takes two to make a bad relationship and make it to where that's where you want to be. And, yeah, she was complicit, but her doctor should have been able and felt able to give her other options. Yeah. There are so many other options to a back injury than just pain and pain management. Yes. Absolutely. Go see a chiropractor. Go see a spinal specialist. The problem is, and Josh will back me up in this. I, I loved my mother-in-law very much. She was a very sweet person. Mm-hmm. She was very predisposed to laziness. Yeah. Um, And I'm sorry for the negativity surrounding that word, but. That's the tr- just the truth of it. She was very predisposed to laziness, and I think the excuse to be able to just collect disability and stay at home was very appealing to her. Yeah, just uh, as someone who knew her that Mm -hmm. that makes sense and someone who knows her children that makes sense yeah you know what i'm saying josh isn't really predisposed to laziness but i mean we all have laziness inside of us and um we all have that little bit of depression inside of us and any excuse to be able to not work and stay home and have an excuse to do so done yeah you know what i'm saying and that's kind of hers was just a little stronger yeah you know what i mean it's not Well, I mean... uh, I've had my days where I'm like, man, I wish I could just collect disability and lay on this couch. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) shit. It'd be awesome. But the issue was that no one said, why don't you go to a specialist? Why don't you go to a chiropractor? Why don't you go to someone who specializes in the exact injury that you have? Yeah. They went immediately to pain management. Yeah. Which led to a spiral. Yes. And she was on these kinds of opiate Prescription drugs for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I believe there was theft involved. I don't know for sure. That's been implied between her kids to me, but who knows the real truth of it? Um, because addiction does that to you. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, it makes you a completely different person. You will do whatever you can to feed that addiction.
1: Absolutely. And when they were when they were cleaning out her trailer after she died. Josh came home and he was like, yeah, there was definitely something mentally different because she did not used to be this way. Yeah. And you could smell her trailer on him. That's that's the depth Believe this went to.
0: Believe me, there is a reason why my mom wouldn't let my grandmother do my laundry. Right. When I was younger.
1: Yeah. Like, it just, there's a scent there. Yeah. You know, and I just want to say this real quick. Your health is not your own. Um no. if any if if this whole situation So, okay, hang on, let me back up for a second. So, just to clarify, uh my mother-in-law had this had this back injury that resulted in her being very dependent on a lot of pain medications like this. A lot of opiates, and she was also a smoker, and she was also female. Um, this then led to them recommending that uh, so she collected disability for a long time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I, I again just want to say that this is nothing against her character. She was a wonderful person. Yeah, she was a, such a sweet, sweet soul. She was a very talented artist. <sighs> Are you okay? Mm. -hmm. And she gave birth to my husband, who I love very much. You know, it just I can't I can't fault her in this. Um, I will also say that she was a nurse. So she wasn't stupid. You know what I'm saying? Mm hmm Uh i've dealt with a lot of anger (laughs) (laughs) yeah a lot of anger surrounding her passing uh because i I, you want to you want to blame the person and you want to blame the fact that she should have known better but at the same time i don't know you you don't know until you're in the situation yeah but it also depends a lot on your personality i don't know there's just a lot of factors there (sighs) because she was sedentary because she was on disability, because she was in pain, mm-hmm. you know, that makes you predisposed to blood clots. Being female makes you predisposed to blood clots. Being a smoker makes you predisposed to blood clots. She had a series of strokes. They thought she had MS. It was improperly diagnosed. There was a really serious issue with a bad hospital that she was at as well. Mm-hmm. This is the spiral that, that started with opiates that led her, that led to her death. Um because of all of this, she went to a series to a bad hospital. They didn't diagnose her properly. They tried to treat symptoms that were diagnosed incorrectly. Um they tried to tell us that she needed to get worse in order for her to treat her while she was stable for a variety of weeks. Oh my goodness. Um she was then uh, she got so bad that she crashed and they had to airlift her to Louisville. Um, where then. Carrie, honey, if you can't. No, do it's this. fine. I'm going to get through it. Um, where then she, uh, was unable to come back. Uh, they had to keep her in like a, in, in a, in, in a drug induced kind of coma, because, uh, she couldn't stabilize. And at that point, the people at the hospital in Louisville were telling us that she had to get better because they didn't think she could survive the surgery that it would take to correct the issue that she had. Um, so all of this just spiraled into the fact that she never ended up waking up from that coma and they had, and we all had to pull the plug on her because of an issue that a pharmaceutical company benefited from.
0: People are losing important people in their lives.
1: My children will never know their grandmother, which is what hurts the most. I mean, honestly, she had so many issues that uh, Josh was, I didn't meet her until a year after we'd started dating, you know? I mean, it was, it was rough. The last Christmas I spent with her, her trailer smelled like actual human shit. Human and animal shit, which is due to a lot of different issues that were going on with a lot of animals she had in the house and a lot of different psychological problems. But it just, you know, I mean, this cripples people.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, I'm going to continue no, just because uh, we've yeah. been recording for a while now. Um, And and that is so important. And you can interrupt me whenever you want, but I want you to take a minute. <laughs> yeah because you're having a rough time it
1: just brought it all up (laughs) yeah
0: and and, I mean I remember it was such
1: a hard time I mean I was so angry and I was so angry at her for the choices that she made and I was angry at the fact that she had those options and I was just there's so many things to be angry about and just Know that you you're you are important to somebody. Like whether no matter what your psychological state you're in, you your health is not just for yourself. Your health and prioritizing your health as a human is a gift to your family. Yeah. (sighs) Sorry. (laughs) It's okay.
0: It's okay. Um so myth number two.
1: Yep. Um, Go for it. (laughs) 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 Number two. completely hijacked it
0: everything gets depressing so much <laughs> i'm
1: gonna shut up the whole rest of it go ahead
0: <laughs> um <laughs> oh god okay so um number two is that the be- <laughs> the best way to combat an opening opioid addiction is without medication
1: that happened too
0: yeah um however the truth is that many people in abstinence only programs for opioid use disorder will relapse
1: absolutely that's what happened yeah nothing against our family Mm -hmm. but people told her to just stop yeah and you can't do that (laughs) no that's the nature Um, of these insanely addictive drugs yeah well, that and
0: abstinence only,
1: again, doesn't, doesn't work. work. <laughs> <laughs> or anything. Never. <laughs> Except maybe cigarettes. <laughs> you could probably quit cigarettes, cold turkey. Because <laughs> I have. But. <laughs> and so is Josh. But. You have. I didn't know you ever smoked. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. (laughs) Learning
0: new things about my friend tonight, y'all.
1: It's not really that exciting.
0: (laughs) So, um, along with that, opioid use disorder is a medical condition, just like depression, diabetes, or hypertension. And just like those conditions, it is most effectively treated with a combination of medication and counseling. So, if you know that you have these, um, if you have a use disorder, it is self-diagnosable. You know when you have a problem. And it's also
1: fucking man-made. Yeah.
0: You can go to a counselor for help. There are options. There are cheap options. There are free options. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, if you want to get better, you'll get better.
1: Absolutely. You just have to stick with the program. Yeah. And it would really be helpful if, like, people's families were supportive of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm just like burping everywhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's a tequila.
1: Carbonation.
0: <laughs> um, so myth number three, and I think this is one that I really want to drive home, um, especially for what our podcast is about. Um, myth number three is that it's okay if we call people with op- op- <laughs> opioid use disorder addicts, users, or junkies. Fuck off. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, Our language is so important and you really have to be careful about the words that you're choosing. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Words have power. Yeah. Their most inexhaustible form of magic. Is that the quote? Mm -hmm. I'm really drunk. I don't know. (laughs) Inexhaustible or inexcusable? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Inexcusable form of magic. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Capable Um, of both inflicting injury and remedying it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's that powerful, yeah. but you have to remember that anything you say will stick with a person for years. If it's especially if it's a negative, absolutely. I mean, I'm uh, there are still things circling in my mind that were said to me
1: in seventh ten grade. years ago. Yeah, yep. yeah. I'm thirty in seventh grade. Things that were said to me, yeah, that I think about,
0: yeah. Let's see here. The words that we that we use to describe addiction and people with addiction are important. Negative terms such as addict, user, or junkie and phrases such as needs to get clean contribute to stigma against people with opi- opioid use disorder and create barriers to accessing effective treatment. This,
1: well, yeah, sorry. Continue. Uh,
0: This can ultimately contribute to overdose. When we talk about people with diabetes, we don't talk about them being dirty. We talk about their sugars. Similarly. We don't talk about them
1: being ridiculously overweight. And and that's not always. No. Well, I mean, type two and stuff like that is what Mm -hmm. I'm talking about. We don't talk about that part. We talk about them having diabetes. Yeah. 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 Um, and the, the same thing should apply is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah you know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying? The, the same lack of prejudice should apply. Mm-hmm. Because this is still something that a lot of people don't have control over. Yeah.
0: It, it, it is. There's a
1: lot of people that aren't educated enough to know. Yeah. They don't
0: realize. Sometimes you just don't realize that you have no. a problem.
1: No. And sometimes you just don't know that you shouldn't question your doctor. Yeah. We should question fucking everything. You guys, mm-hmm. question everything.
0: Ask it's okay your doctor. To ask, questions.
1: ask your doctor. Ask them to explain everything. Ask them to explain why. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't make you feel comfortable, seek a second opinion. Yeah, you're paying them. It's in your power. Yeah, and it's your fucking body. Mm-hmm. If you're not comfortable with it, take control. Mm-hmm. That's that's. If nothing else hits home and you hate us forever because of our (laughs) abortion episode, I'm super insecure about it. It's fine. Um, (laughs) If nothing else hits home, at least I hope that those of you who have stuck with us this long, (laughs) you get that. Yeah. Because that's important and that's something that we've both struggled with and that's where we are right now. Yeah. We both kind of have the confidence now to tell you your body is yours Mm -hmm. do what your gut tells you i didn't feel like i had autonomy over
0: anything in my body until i um quit letting some of the stuff that my family was doing affect me
1: me too girl
0: um not in the same way but yeah me too like i um just personal story here um when I was 18, um, uh, well, before that even, I've been promised since I was in 8th grade that I had a college fund. Right. Um, and it was yanked out from under me right before I started college. And I have never felt so free. Um, I, Once I started, like, paying for my own shit and, like, being responsible of my own, like, health issues... Like, I, I didn't – like, I wasn't going to let my family being uncomfortable with me being on birth control keep me from being on birth control when I needed it. Like, I wasn't going to let them being uncomfortable with me going to a gynecologist stop me from going to a gynecologist when I needed it. Yeah. And um, it – I have never felt so free from just, like, cutting – cutting those negative ties because i mean people in your family can be negative too i mean completely
1: yeah i mean i was insecure about getting tattoos Mm -hmm. once once they're not paying for your school once they're not paying your rent yeah shit who cares yeah my husband is a 35 year old man who still can't show his father his leg sleeve tattoo that he didn't even fucking pay for cuz his friend is a tattoo artist. Yeah. Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and, like, and I'm just like
1: who the fuck what's he going to fucking do, Josh? Yeah. What does he pay, wh- what power does he have over you? We fucking live by him. Yeah. Is he going to not watch our children? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> he what's he going to do? Give you a dirty look? Yeah. Nothing. And He's not going to do anything. Yeah.
0: And, and like for the people that are listening that are still under the thumb of people who are critiquing your
2: Well, and move, that's what
1: I'm saying as well is that like I, when I was younger, I was still in that. Mm-hmm. And that will get into my, my abortion story, which isn't a real abortion, but still like mm-hmm. it, it's still a decision I made thinking it was real. Mm-hmm until like you know and uh when you're under that it's hard but
0: but i promise you can get out of
1: it and it gets better and what i've found at least in my in in my relationship with my family is that they'll love you anyway and if they don't then
0: fuck them
1: fuck them you have the power of your own self, life is too short, and you get to choose who loves you and who is in your life.
0: Mm-hmm. And family is not about blood. It is no. about the people that are willing to hold your hand and be there with you through the hardest times in your life.
1: Absolutely, fucking Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Blood is not thicker than water.
0: Hell no. Um... Uh, studies have shown that people who were referred to as substance users were more likely to be considered a threat or be responsible for their condition whereas people who were who were referred to as having substance use disorder were more likely to be seen as needing help this is a really key component to getting people into treatment and stemming uh the opioid crisis
1: syntax is everything man
0: yeah Um, A person is not defined by their disease. We need to keep that in mind as doctors, media, and lay people when thinking about the crisis.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Those of my fellow people who have read The Fault in Our Stars know that we are not our disease. Yes. We are not our disease, and we are still people. No matter what we have. Yep. You know the author of that book? I fucking love that book. Have you read that book? Yes, I have. Girl. I try to read it like once a year. And <laughs> it, it oh it's so good. It's so beautiful. I love it so much and there's an incredible if you have the audiobook there's an incredible interview with John Green at the end of it. Mm-hmm. He is my hero. I love him. Um he has an amazing YouTube series as well. Yes. <laughs> that I love so much. I watched it in middle high school. class like oh yeah, so good. Um He's amazing. I didn't realize he had written it. I was a fan of his on YouTube before I realized he'd written The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, wow. And my students had always been like, Miss Law, you have to read this. And I was like, I mean, you're teenagers. What do you know? They were right. <laughs> it was incredible. It's one of the most influential books of my life. Yeah. Um, Right up there with Hunger Games, which I'll explain at some point. Don't judge me too harshly <laughs> <laughs> for that. The Hunger Games is an incredible series that. It truly is. very much influenced my life but um he he has a whole interview at the end of the audiobook where he's talking about he's answering a lot of people's questions about like like s- people wrote in and asked him like how could they have sex and he's like cuz they're people yeah with private parts <laughs> just because they they have cancer doesn't mean they can't fuck <laughs> like
0: I mean, they Excuse can still you? have a good
1: time. <laughs> yeah, they're still fucking human beings. You're not your... I- because he volunteered as someone... He was in school to be like a Protestant or a... What's the P word? Prid it. You know. Yeah. A, it's a sure Protest- it's a Protestant denomination, Presbyterian. Oh, He's yes. gonna be a
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> You <Yeah>, know. <laughs> a Protestant. He was gonna be a Presbyterian minister. He was in training, and he was volunteering at a cath Catholic- at a Catholic, at a cancer clinic, mm-hmm. or a cancer ward or something, and he this was a story that had like been growing in him for years Mm -hmm. because he got to know them as people and things like that. And people see cancer patients as their disease. Yeah. As well as uh, in the same way that people see addicts as their, their disease. Yeah. And yeah, it might've started with a choice, but it stops being a choice and we have to recognize that. It does. Is the thing. I went off on a really big tangent there. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, But now I'm going to
0: share with you guys a personal story of a doctor that suffered with a substance abuse disorder. Yay! Uh, this is from Physician Health Services, uh, also known as as PHS. Um, it's a nonprofit corporation that was founded by the Massachusetts Medical Society to address issues of physician health. Mm. So, like, they're really big on, like, making sure that all the physicians aren't, like, getting burned out and, like, all that other good stuff. Gotcha. Um, this is kind of long. It's a little bit longer than I would have liked for it to have been, but I think it's really important. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to read as this guy. Again, this is not my personal story, <laughs> but this is um, this is a doctor who struggled. Gotcha. So, um, okay. I cannot tell you my name or where I live or even the specialty within I practice medicine. I cannot do so for I've been shamed, embarrassed, and at times stigmatized. Even today, years later, I fear retribution, liability, and even prosecution. Some of this may have been deserved at one time, but today my story is one of success. It is a story of hope, of support, and, re- and of recovery. I want to share this intimate tale so that you, my colleagues and friends in the medical field, can hear the human side of addictive diseases, of its treacherous grip, and of the freedom and confidence from which I have emerged from this terrifying illness. My drug use did not begin until medical school. I was never a drinker in high school or even in college, nor did I use drugs socially. Then, one evening, when I was finding it hard to stay awake to study for an organic chemistry exam, a friend directed me to some stimulants that were available in sample form. The result was perfect. I began using the pills, rather innocently, whenever I needed a boost. To me, it was like a cup of coffee, only better. I soon learned that I could order the pills on the internet and have a supply whenever it was needed.
1: How do you how do you acquire? Sorry.
0: (laughs) You don't need to know that. (laughs) Neither of us needs to know. That's why I didn't look. <laughs> oh god.
1: I can use a stimulant. <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
0: No I'm one so tell so her please god <laughs> I'm it gets so worse.
2: I'm so sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Um, upon graduation, I entered practice determined to be the best doctor possible. I spent a great deal of time with my patients who kept coming back. My patient load grew exponentially and I had trouble keeping pace. I had no experience running a business, was working long hours, and was unable to juggle the growing load. I found myself taking more and more pills just to keep up and then more pills to keep me to sleep again. I gave little thought to this drug use. After all, I was no street junkie making co covert deals in dark alleys. I was a good doctor with many patients using my medical knowledge to make the path towards success a bit smoother. So I thought my drug use escalated. In addition to internet orders, I would write prescriptions in the names of my family members. Suddenly my uncle had knee pain, my father-in-law back problems, my aunt arthritis. I did not think about the record I was establishing of their purported use, nor did I think about the records of my own prescribing practices. I was out of control, but getting by, taking many pills to get through each day. Throughout this time, I still felt on top. Despite my drug use, I was a physician with a thriving practice. I provided quality care and had no patient complaints. I had a wife and children that relied upon me and saw me as a great provider. My friends and family admired me. I was respected in the community. I enjoyed my status and felt it was deserved, having achieved academically as well as socially since childhood. And then one day, the drug enforcement agency came to the door inquiring about fraudulent prescriptions. Oh, no. Yeah. The reality of the situation took months to sink in. My reaction was disbelief. I was no drug engaged in covert activities, and I was certainly no criminal. I was an admired and respected physician. I was sure the entire misunderstanding would be cleared up with a smile and an apology. <laughs> I could not have been more wrong. <laughs> And that just sounds like the tagline for my life. (laughs) (laughs) I could not have been more wrong. Um, The shame and magnitude of my tumble was immeasurable. Not only did I face the legal and professional ramifications of having written improper prescriptions, but I had to cope with the personal humiliation of a fall from grace. I was no longer the icon of success I had worked a lifetime to achieve. I was now tainted, not only in the eyes of my colleagues, but also for the very first time in my own. Fortunately, when everything was crumbling around me, I got support and advice. With the guidance of PHS, I got into a treatment program that helped me realize that I suffered from a virulent illness and was both worthy and deserving of help. I was medically detoxified from the effects of the medications I had now stopped taking. I learned to take responsibility for my behaviors, but also to recognize that I had been sick and could certainly get well. I learned (laughs) that addiction... I learned that addiction would be a lifelong condition, but not a lifelong impairment, and I agreed to a long term monitoring contract with PHS. To comply with this contract, I had to work hard. I saw a therapist to address issues of addiction, shame, honesty, and interpersonal relationships. I submitted to regular and random drug screens. I attended support group meetings, met with sponsors and mentors, and in doing so, changed my life dramatically. After months of treatment, out of state, learning about my disease, and learning about myself, I came back feeling uh, strong. I was healthy, drug-free, clear thinking, and ready to pull my career back together. Unfortunately, my career was not yet ready for me. Despite the fact I had never had a malpractice case and never harmed a patient, there would be months of waiting for the licensing board to address my petition to go back to work. I would be investigated, questioned, and challenged. This process lasted for months and on end and when i did get my license it was with extensive restrictions and requirements for informing everyone with whom i had professional contact of my probationary status and of my disease these required dic- disclosures I
1: mad about that though
0: i can't either um this because
1: you can't control it no is what sucks
0: Yeah. I I would be really surprised if, like, they weren't double-checking every prescription he was writing.
1: Right. That... Oh, that sucks. But it's just the reality of it. How else can they regulate? You know? Yeah. It's just... Oh, man. That blows. I feel bad for him. But I
0: can't blame the system.
1: Yeah. To be honest with you.
0: And this is, like, a best-case scenario
1: story. to be honest with you, fucking medical school is intense. It is. It's so intense. I have several friends that have nursing degrees. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, I have a
0: friend who was going into nursing school. She and I were roommates for a while, and she was like, "Yeah, they told me to not have any friends because I wouldn't."
1: Right. It's insane. Yeah. My one friend like had a had a breakdown and had to like go back to therapy. Like, she was in a good place before she started and, like, had a complete nervous breakdown and had to go back to therapy. Oh, my goodness.
0: <laughs> These required disclosures then led to a new round of inquiries about third-party credentialing agencies without which I could not sustain a practice. So, I began the journey again. More questions, more disclosures, more humiliation. The greatest challenge of all was the subsequent public disgrace. The day my license was finally restored, a press release issued informing the public of my professional discipline. My name became front page news highlighted by... Okay.
1: The- That's not fair.
0: Yeah. It's not.
1: That's the first part of this I've had an issue with. Because, yeah, you can't control it and it is a disease, but you still need to be kept in check. hmm And I understand that part, mm-hmm. even though it sucks. But to the public... You're still a person. Yeah. Shit. People still have to trust you to come to your practice. Yep. That's not cool.
0: Not at all. No. There's a reason he didn't put his name in here. That sucks. Yeah. Um, My name became front page news highlighted by lurid references to drugs, diversion, and criminal activity.
1: Okay, so it's not like he was shooting up in an alley. No. It's not like he was fucking people for drug money. Like shit. Yeah. Even if you are, that's not like, you know, a problem, but shit. Yeah. Like it's, you still have an addiction disorder, but still You like, still
0: deserve to have a little bit of face dignity, to the public. Yeah. Something.
1: He's not fucking children. Like yeah. Jesus. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, and
0: and like this this next I've, part's about to make you really sad. I've just <sighs> <laughs> There was no mention of my recovery from illness nor of the months and years of personal work and growth I had achieved.
1: Ah, I hate journalism.
0: <laughs> what was to be a day of celebration had become a day of pain and shame.
1: Oh
2: no.
0: My daughter had a soccer game that day and through tears even she had to face the humiliation of what I had hoped was well in my
2: past. Oh, that's
1: awful. Yeah. Even though he's worked to fix it,
0: the story oh! was so important. It's almost over, but it—that—that <sighs> no, was my deciding factor. Like, it's, th- these this people is such have a kids. Good
1: story, but shit, a con- celebrate our victories, y'all. Yeah. Oh my god.
0: We're all human. We all fuck up.
1: <sighs> We're fucking human beings. We're not gods. Ugh!
0: Although I was angry and frustrated with the obstacles I was facing, I now had the tools to deal with the stress. Through a PHS, I had a physician support group where I could meet and learn from other doctors who faced these same struggles. I had an outlet for sharing my experiences and for learning from example that there was indeed hope for my future. And most importantly, I had my sobriety and my health. Ultimately, I did return to practice. It was no easy journey. The process took years. During this time, I was doubted by others and I had doubted myself. But now I am stronger. I have the confidence of knowing that whatever ills befall me, I can heal. Heal. <laughs> I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> as a result, I'm a better healer. My practice is now as successful as ever. I continue to be board certified in my specialty. I continue to provide quality care. I've also... I also have additional con- contributions to make to the profession. I am more open minded and less likely to pass judgment. I have learned that medicine is not about being powerful or respected, but about being respectful and compassionate. I have learned that physicians, like all people, have the susceptibility to become ill and capacity to become well. However, to encourage wellness, we as a profession need to provide resources and nurturance, not shame and humiliation. I am now sober and can't imagine facing life any other way. And I share the story so that all of my colleagues in the medical field will know that they too can embark successfully upon this journey. And I just think that that's so important. Like we can't keep, we can't keep people in shame. We can't keep them in embarrassment
1: sorry i'm completely in tears (laughs) it's okay
0: and i just think it's so important to remember that even our doctors can be wrong
1: oh absolutely
0: and that's okay
1: and i'm sorry i'm just i don't know what kind of support she had or anything like that i i'm I I love Josh's family so much. It's nothing against that. I just what if what if she'd had that kind of support? Yeah. An encouragement, someone to be there, to be the support system her shoulder, her whatever, you know what I mean? To, to cause she was a nurse. Like what if someone had been there? Yeah. So that she could get back to it the way that this person could. It.
0: but I thought that was super incredible and like if you see that
1: story is incredible yeah
0: if you see someone struggling if you see a doctor that's come back to a practice from having issues like this I would go to that doctor because they would understand completely what you're going through
1: absolutely
0: yep and his name shouldn't have been plastered the way that it was no. like it should have been he's gotten help and he wants to help you
1: well that's the thing is that the number's so that it could be fucking any of us yeah your dearest friend your closest family member any of us are susceptible to this cuz these drugs don't discriminate they don't discriminate between race health wage nothing they're addicted to they're addictive to everybody I have the hiccups uh, because I don't drink carbonation very often. And um, it's, we, oh God, we just can't be, we can't keep spreading all this hate. We have to start helping each other and being accepting.
0: And like, you don't have to love everybody that you come in contact with, but you do have to show compassion.
1: Absolutely. You don't have to even respect them, but we don't deserve to judge each other. Yeah.
0: There's only... I mean, if you I mean, have unless faith, you've, like,
1: murdered people and fucked children. Yeah, well, then and, you like, can be judged. You know, like, raped people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'ma judge you. But yeah. for stuff like this... Mm. Um, All right.
0: So we have a new game.
1: Yes. Nothing against Lady Night, but we're boring people. And... <laughs> those questions were like let's get to know you and we were like uh i would invest my lottery money Um, (laughs) so we bought a new game and it's called if you had to which is basically would you rather yeah so i'm so excited
0: i'm so excited excited. (laughs) i've been laughing about that all week and i've been like wanting my mom to watch that but she's not about (laughs) stand-up
2: I'm so excited! (laughs) Chicken! Chicken!
1: (laughs) Alright, so if you had to... Would you have chopsticks for all your fingers? Oh, Jesus. Or...
0: Have all your friends turn into slithery little snakes?
1: Chopsticks. I'd pick chopsticks.
0: The snakes.
1: You would pick that your friends would all turn into snakes... Instead of having chopsticks for fingers. Yeah. Fuck you. Maybe we shouldn't play this game. (laughs) You want me to turn into a snake. I don't want you
0: you to turn into a snake. So
1: that you won't have chopsticks so you can eat sushi better.
0: I can't do shit with chopsticks.
1: Hey, it's a fun game. (laughs) Don't be practical with it. Shit.
0: I mean, I guess... There's fun things that you can do with chopsticks.
1: Yes. Poke people in line. <laughs> and like, I don't know. Dang, you never have to bring a fork with you. I. <laughs> That's fair. I yeah. like the
0: chopstick option.
1: Okay, so maybe I don't turn into a snake and hate you for the rest of the <laughs> evening. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez all right well i hope you guys have enjoyed this episode um thank you
0: for listening if you are still here we appreciate you so much even very if very much and if you listen for one a minute we appreciate you too um <laughs> <laughs> um again my name is kay
1: and i'm carrie and remember
0: you are not a monster
1: hey guys thank you for listening to talk crooked Check out our Tumblr blog, at TalkCrooked, for sources and photos. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at TalkCrooked. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We are currently a self-funded podcast, so if you would like to donate and receive a shout-out on air, please visit us at patreon.com slash TalkCrooked.
0: Eventually, we will start doing listener episodes. If you have your personal stories related to our previous episodes, email us at talkcricket at gmail.com. For business inquiries or sponsorships, email us at carry and kbusiness at gmail.com. K bye